What's going on, everybody, and welcome back to another episode of Rookie Ball, the podcast where you want to go if you need to know anything sports or if you just want to hear my opinion on them. I, of course, am always your host, Phoenix Igus, and welcome back, everybody. We got a lot of things we want to get into for this episode two of season three. We want to talk about NBA, NHL, and the NFL. So let's get into it. Now, the beginning of this episode is going to be a little somber. Uh, RIP to Dwayne Haskins. For those of you who know and don't know, I am an Ohio State Buckeye fan, and that man was an absolute legend uh, for Ohio State. And you've seen the video of him as a kid where he wanted to go there. It seemed like he was a great guy. Everybody that he was on the team with, no matter where he was, seemed to love him. Uh, He seemed like a big fan guy. Obviously, he had the moment where he missed the last snap of his first win because uh, he was taking pictures with fans because he was so excited. RIP, uh, if you don't know, Dwayne Haskins died in a car accident, and he will be insanely missed. Uh, and the people that I see making comments about his career and him not being as successful as we all expect him to seriously screw off, uh, that's insanely disrespectful to on- not only people that knew him, but just just his legacy in general. Uh, so if you make a comment like that, uh, I don't mess with you. But RIP to Dwayne Haskins. Well, let's get in today's episode, everyone. Let's get some more positive vibes coming in. Let's continue with the NFL, but in a more light mood. Uh, something that happened a bit ago that I never really talked about, which I feel like I definitely should, uh, considering these last few playoffs Uh, The overtime rule has officially changed for playoff games. Both teams now receive a chance to have the ball, and then it becomes a sudden death after that. So if a team scores a touchdown, the other team does have an opportunity to match that touchdown uh, on a drive, and then it becomes next to score. Now, this doesn't completely solve the problem for me, uh, in my opinion, because then if both offenses are unstoppable in such a game such as like the Bills and Chiefs game this past playoffs obviously both of them are going to score a touchdown and the next drive they're probably going to score another touchdown so the Chiefs will still win that game nine times out of ten because they'll score on their second possession in a sudden death so I don't think the problem is completely fixed um but it is definitely a step towards the right place I did find out sadly that my Bengals were one of the teams that decided to go against it and it makes sense they haven't been hurt by it uh obviously they intercepted the ball from the Chiefs in the AFC championship game and went on to win as the team kicking off in overtime so it hasn't truly heartbroken them which I understand but even as a Bengals fan I'm not going to stand by them on this one I do think this rule needed to be changed uh, and I still think it needs to go through some improvements but I am happy that the NFL is making ways uh, to create a better overtime system because the original one is not working and I hope and I hope that stuff like this starts getting implemented into the regular season as well because it did determine a lot of playoff spots, playoff scenarios throughout the regular season and overtime. Now speaking of rule changes, the NBA has now had the play-in tournament games for the past two, three seasons. Some, it's, it's one of the two. 
Uh, and I really want to make the debate on whether I think that they should be a thing or not. Now, I like the idea of a play-in game. I don't like the way that they're structured. Uh, I like the idea that if a race is close, that a team can have a spot. Now, I thought it was either in the bubble or the year after what they did was amazing, where if a team, yeah, they did it in the bubble. If a team came within, I believe, three games, they got to do a play-in game. That's great. I don't like this new system that whoever is the ninth and 10th seed, whether they're 10 games back or one game back, uh, gets the opportunity to play to hop into the playoffs. I also don't like that the seventh seed has to play. I feel like the seventh seed, unless it is like two games separating seven through 10, like it was this year in the Eastern Conference, I do think the seventh seed should just get through. Um, so if you're asking my proposal on what I think should happen, I think the eighth seed gets a first round bye and plays the winner of the ninth and 10th seed but I don't think the ninth and 10th seed should play unless they are both within six games of the eighth seed. Now, I know that's very complicated and there would be a lot of arguments against that, but I personally believe that the seventh seed, unless it's super close, should play, should play in the playoffs. But I do think there should be an opportunity for the teams barely out to make it in. But if they're back by like more than 10 games, you know, that's... I don't think that's worth it. Like this year, it was it was cutting it pretty close on the Western Conference uh, with the Pelicans and Spurs. I believe they're both five and six games back of the Clippers on the A seed. And right there, it's like if the Pelicans or Spurs end up getting the playoff spot over the Timberwolves or Clippers, did the regular season even matter? Because the Clippers and Timberwolves performed exponentially better than the Pelicans and Spurs. But I'm curious to know what you guys think. I personally think that it should just be the seventh seed gets a bye and the eighth seed uh, plays whoever wins the nine and 10 seed game. Now, now if I had to choose between the play-in game being a thing and it being exactly how it is right now or being completely eliminated from the playoffs because there has been talks about retracting it, I personally like having the play-in game. It adds a little more excitement. It adds ratings. It adds viewership. It's doing exactly what they want it to do. Uh, and I'm eating it up. Obviously, my team is in there. The team I root for, the New Orleans Pelicans. So I'm going to be watching the games very closely. So I think in terms of a business move, this is amazing. Now, if you're looking out for the players and the team's sake uh, and their satisfaction with how the season goes... We're all very aware that the NBA and majority of sports leagues do not care about that. Uh, so they're going to keep the playing game, I think. I think that's just kind of a scare or an experiment that they're willing to try to go back to the old ways. But I think most fans uh, and the league executives are very aware that this is a good thing. Uh, and if players complain about it, then it's whatever. We obviously saw LeBron complain about it when it first got introduced saying that it was dumb. And this year he was fighting for a plan spot, so I wonder what his opinions on it are now. But yeah, I if you were asking me should it be a thing or not, yes. But I do think, as I said with the OT rules in the NFL, that there should be modifications to the playing game in the NBA. Now I talked about last episode that we would be getting into the NHL a lot more 
And that is why I'm dedicating almost this entire episode to a segment of the NHL. Now, I am not completely knowledge yet. Uh, I'm probably still on the same level that I was the last time I talked about hockey. Uh, I've watched a few games here and there. I just, I still don't know the players very well. I'm kind of waiting until the playoffs so I can learn like the bigger players or the more known people. Uh, so I'm not watching a lot of regular season. I will be honest with you guys, but once the playoffs roll around, I promise that I'm going to pay a lot more attention to the NHL. But for right now, uh, their season is starting to close. Every team has like eight to 10 games left. And the playoff picture is really starting to be put together. Before I get into the playoff picture, because I have already given my predictions on who I think is going to win the NHL championship, in which I picked the Colorado Avalanche, I'm going to be going through the power rankings. And as I said, I'm not the most knowledgeable person. So this is a true rookie ball moment uh, where I try to learn hockey with you guys and go through each team from the bottom to the top and analyze as much as I can. Uh, I don't know players. I don't know where they are right now. I know a couple teams are hot, a couple teams are cold. So let's see how it goes. If you guys enjoy it, let me know. I'll definitely do more things like this where I just kind of throw myself in the pool and see if I can swim. But if you don't enjoy it, also let me know so I can know to kind of stray away from these segments and really get to know hockey before I come at it again. All right, starting at number 32, we have the Arizona Coyotes. Uh, I have not watched a single Arizona Coyote game, but I do know that they were an Oklahoma City Thunder type team that was just expected to tank. Uh, it doesn't seem like they have any notable players. Every bio that I've read about them in my research has just basically said that this is a tank bowl of a team, so it doesn't seem like there's much to analyze. We know why they're number 32. Coming in at number 31, we have the Chicago Blackhawks. Uh, the last time I heard about this team, they won the Stanley Cup Finals, like, I think it was like five years back. Uh, and based off the bios that I read from them, it seems like uh, most of their pieces are still there, but obviously they are much older now. And it's seeming that they are past their prime and not winning them many games, which seems like it's almost telling them to completely let go of their core that they have right now and just starting anew. So it looks like the Blackhawks are turning a corner and going for a rebuild uh, it, this offseason, and they did get a little involved in the NHL trade deadline. So it's seeming like they've already made moves uh, to go towards that direction. Coming in at number 30 for me, I'm going to have the Philadelphia Flyers. I was between them and the Seattle Kraken. But what I realized is Seattle is a first-year team, uh, while Philadelphia is kind of in no-man's land. It's what I talked about with a couple NFL teams this year, where I was like, I don't see a world where this team can tank and go into rebuild mode, but I also don't see a world where this team can go all in and be one of the best teams in the league. Uh, I've only watched one Philadelphia Flyer game they did lose. And yeah, just as the bio says, uh, looking at this team, I see some contracts that are bad. I see players that are on eh, contracts, but they're not worth it. Uh, so for that reason, that's why I put them below the Seattle Kraken, because at number 29, I have Seattle and they're a first year team. That's how they should be treated. Uh, they definitely had opportunities to be better. Like we saw the Las Vegas Knights, Golden Knights, uh, make the Stanley Cup finals in their first year or second year. Uh, so Seattle definitely had moments to be a better team. 
but they missed them and that's absolutely okay uh they're not supposed to be competitors or contenders this season but i'm assuming that seattle will be competitive eventually uh, as they are expansion team and i'm sure will be helped out by the league most likely the next two teams i'm just going to clamp into one category from what i read in their bio we have the ottawa senators and the new jersey devils one of these teams was active during the nhl trade deadline and the piece they've traded for seems to be working out very well uh, in the ottawa senators and with the new jersey devils uh it looks like their player jack hughes uh is finally able to play a full season kind of seems like an anthony davis type scenario where we haven't really seen him play fully throughout a season uh and it seems like their pieces are working it seems like they have people that they are going to build around uh and guys that are starting to step up as leaders on the team it is a little too late in the season for for them to make a playoff push but they clearly have players that they can rely on for years to come to make them better and to build around. I'm also going to clump 26 through 21 as they all kind of seem in the same spot uh, and they've all been fluctuating between the 21 and 26 spots throughout the season in the power rankings. So number 26 is going to be the San Jose Sharks. Uh, they traded a couple pieces during the NHL trade deadline uh that were a little confusing including letting doug wilson go uh so no one really knows what the direction of this team is going to be i have not watched any san jose shark games uh but from what i read it does not look like the fans are very happy the anaheim ducks will land at number 25 although they have in a very exciting rookie that i have heard about somehow in trevor zegris I have not, and I may be saying that wrong, but I have not seen him play a game, uh, but the stats I read makes him look like, it seems like rookies can very instantly make an impact in the NHL, and that's insanely exciting. Uh, now, obviously, rookies can make impacts on teams, like Jamar Chase made an impact on the Bengals this season, but it seems a lot more common in the NHL, so I might have to look at a little more into that. Now, with the Montreal Canadiens, uh, who I have at number 24. Uh, from what I read, they just didn't have the greatest coaching all year. They did make a coaching change uh, to a person named Martin St. Louis, and it seems like that's helped them a whole bunch. Uh, and then we move into number 23, the Detroit Red Wings, uh, who have a great player and Morty Sider, who I have heard about. Moving on to 22, I have the Buffalo Sabres. Uh, they're kind of going off on a win streak, uh, making sure to finish the season off strong. They're not going to make the playoffs, but that's okay. Um, from what I've read in their past, uh, this is definitely a step up of a season. So it seems like they're moving in the right direction, but it also could just be them getting extremely lucky and hot at the end of the season and giving their fans false hope. And then finally, the last team of that big clump up is the Columbus Blue Jackets. We did talk about them maybe making the playoffs the last time we talked about the NHL, but it doesn't seem like they've done anything too excited. They just do land in this very middle of the pack spot. Whereas with the Winnipeg Jets, uh, Jets just don't have luck as a team in any sport it seems like. But I have heard about their player, Kyle Connor, uh, who is apparently pushing for 50 goals this season. I did not see where he was at the last time I checked, uh, but it kind of seems like that's all the fans have to look forward to here because they are closer to middle of the pack, so it's not looking like it'll be the greatest draft pick. So I can't imagine... It's always so hard for teams in that like 16 to 20 range 
because you really just don't have anything to look for. You're not a playoff team in most sports leagues, and you're not going to get that good of a draft pick. You're just kind of, eh, and you're not going to get better unless you either go all in or completely trade everything away and go for a rebuild. 18 and 19. 19 is going to be the Vancouver Canucks. I have no idea if I'm saying that right or not. I've not watched any of their games. And number 18 is going to be the New York Islanders. Both of them kind of land in the same tier because all they really need to do is make moves this offseason. Now, Vancouver's in a little bit of a different situation. They just have a lot of cap problems. Uh, it seems like they have a good coach, but it's kind of a situation where he hasn't gotten them over the hump. Uh, so they may be moving on from him and they just need to figure out some of their cap situations. Whereas with the Islanders, they do have cap to work with. It just looks like they need a lot more offensive help because uh, that seemed to be a big, big problem in their game scheme throughout the season. Now we start entering the playoff area, the teams that are either fighting for a playoff spot or the teams that have already locked up one as there are, I believe three or four teams that have officially locked a playoff spot and we'll get into them number 17 is going to be the los angeles kings uh they are technically still in the playoffs although they are six seven and three since the last time they were kind of towards the top of the division uh, so a lot of people are questioning if they're kind of having a bull slash cleveland uh cavaliers type fall at the end of the season they have the Las Vegas Golden Knights right behind them. So if you're asking me, uh, I've not watched any games, but I have heard about this little slip that they've been having. And I do personally think that Vegas will come by and scoop up that last final spot. Now, a team that is also playing kind of like Los Angeles, but is in a little more of a locked spot for the playoffs is the Nashville Predators. Uh kind of flip-flopping from what they were last week with the Los Angeles Kings in this power rankings that I'm reading off. Uh, obviously, I switch my power rankings to what I truly believe if I feel it's different from what I'm reading online, but I do use sources from ESPN and CBS Sports uh, just to give you guys a heads up because I'm not a genius. I don't know every NHL team yet. But Nashville does land in a spot where they are probably going to clinch their playoff spot, but they're just not playing the best right now. Uh, and I did talk about in my NBA playoff predictions that it does matter about momentum going into the playoffs. So hopefully they turn around with eight to nine games left. Uh, but we will see how it goes because right above them is a team that for right now is out of the playoffs. But as I did predict just a few seconds ago, I do think that they will make it in. And that is the Las Vegas Golden Knights. Uh, it looked impossible like a week ago for them to make it into the playoffs. But it's looking like a miracle could possibly happen. Uh, and I'll be honest, if they make it in, it's kind of a Brooklyn Nets situation. Uh, I'm sorry that I keep comparing it to other sports, but that's the only way I can do it. Uh, they just are a very dangerous team. We saw them make the championship last year, and they could probably beat anybody in their conference if they do make it in. So it seems that if you're in the Western Conference, you're really rooting for Los Angeles right now. Now, as much as I do believe that they can be higher, I'm going to put the team that I have been rooting for so far in the NHL at number 14 and the Pittsburgh Penguins. Uh, they've they've slipped. They've slipped a bit. Uh, they most definitely will be a playoff team uh, and most likely be playing in the 4-5 game, but they have only won three of their past 10 games and their goalkeeping has just not been great over the last week. Now, 
as for the other teams that are fighting for playoff spots and slipping down the standings there's definitely time to turn those around eight to nine games especially in a hockey uh can make a big momentum push and as we've talked about before the reason i rooted for this team is they have one of the best players in hockey and Sidney crosby so just like a team like the golden knights they have the talent to beat anybody in their conference and they definitely have the talent to make a push at the end of the season to make it a little better and a little more reasonable uh, for their talent to meet their standings. Number 13, another team kind of fighting for their playoffs route right now is the Dallas Stars, but they are not slipping. They are surging. Uh, they were just kind of on the outside the whole time, but now they're starting to surge. I have heard this name before. Jason Robertson is looking like one of the stars in the NHL. I have not seen him play yet, but I've just constantly heard his name every time I look up the words NHL on my phone. And he's truly leading this team to a playoff spot. And if he continues to play that at the level he's playing, he could be very dangerous in any playoff series. Number 12 is going to be the Washington Capitals. Uh, from what I read, it looks like they were starting to slip a little bit, but they strung together a few great wins, including wins against Tampa Bay, Pittsburgh, and Boston, all in three consecutive games. It is another team where goaltending could be a problem. And I, you know, even though I may have not known this like a month ago, I do know that that can be a big issue sometimes. If a team is not able to goalkeep in the playoffs, that can create huge problems in terms of the scoring. The next three teams are all teams that could be very competitive in the NHL playoffs, but I am going to group them together because I do think they land in the same tier. We have the Mountain Oilers, the St. Louis Blues, and the Tampa Bay Lightning in that order, 11, 10, and 9. And that is why all three of these teams are surging right now. They are playing great. Edmonton had a coaching change that has done almost miracles for them. Uh, now they do still have some shortcomings on the defensive side and on the goalkeeping side but they have been playing much better st louis has been playing out of their minds lately they've scored four goals in their last eight games and tampa bay obviously the winners of last year's nhl stanley cup final beating out las vegas and right now they're locked as and they may move up but it seems like they're locked up as a wild card team and let me tell you, just like with the Las Vegas Knights situation, I do not want to play a team that proved themselves last year as a top two team uh, in Tampa Bay's situation, the best team. I would not want to play them the following year uh, as a wildcard team. That'd be pretty scary. It's probably how the Boston Celtics feel having to maybe play the Brooklyn Nets in the first round of the NBA playoffs. So Tampa Bay, a very scary game. That is 11 through nine. Now eight through six, are uh, kind of on the opposite end of 11 through 9 right now. They're the teams that are better and championship contenders without a doubt, but are starting to slip a little bit, starting to show some weaknesses right before the playoffs are going in. At number 8, I have the Boston Bruins, who have been great, but they have been struggling with top teams, uh, kind of in a Chicago Bulls situation where they are winning, uh, but it's insanely close they're obviously beating up on non-playoff teams which is insanely good news uh that's what you should do if you're a championship contender but it does seem like they're starting to struggle with the top teams and number seven i have the minnesota wild who are not on the decline as much 
uh, and have been very exciting, but during the early parts of the season, from what I've read, they didn't prove themselves as much as they are right now. So I know I talked a lot about how important it is to have momentum going in the playoffs, and they without a doubt do. Uh, but they are a very inconsistent team, it seems like. It's not as consistent as the teams above them from 5-1. to one. And at number 6, we have the New York Rangers, who did make a jump according to these power rankings on ESPN. And New York did make moves during the trade deadline that have seemed to work out for them. Uh, and there is a lot of talks that they could e even still be better. Uh, they have some of their better players that are not playing at their highest level. And it seems like the surrounding pieces around their best players are starting to step up a little bit. So if their star players can start to play like they can and like they used to, this team can be very dangerous. It's almost how I felt uh, when Embiid was gone for a little bit, when Maxi was going off. I was like, if Maxi continue, can continue to go off, when Embiid comes back and Embiid plays at the level we all know he can, that 76er team could be very dangerous and we'll see in the playoffs. Now five through one, my my big teams, the teams I think are the biggest competitors for that Stanley Cup trophy. Number five is the Calgary Flames. They have had an epic surge uh, over the last couple weeks, uh, becoming one of the hottest teams in the NHL right now. And is behind their top player, Johnny Gardrew. Uh, apparently he is a free agent this season. So if there is a year to go all in, in making that Stanley Cup final, it seems like this is the year for them or else they're gonna have to pay a man. Now, on every single power ranking I've read so far, number four right now is the Carolina Hurricanes. But I have seen a few games from the teams I have as two, three, and four. And I'm gonna move them up because I personally believe that the teams that everyone has ranked as, as three and two are not as good as the Hurricanes. So at number four, I have the Toronto Maple Leafs. Now being at number four, I still think that Toronto can absolutely win the championship and is honestly one of my top picks to win. But it kind of applies to the team that I'm gonna put right above them. And number three in the Florida Panthers, uh, they have a lot of goaltending trouble. And I've seen a couple games from each of these teams and that's all that seems to really be noticed. They're very complete teams outside of that, but as I've heard and as I've slowly seen, goaltending seems to be a big issue when it comes to the playoffs and deciding a winner. And from what I see, even though Toronto and Florida may be playing better as of late uh, than Carolina, I just see Carolina as a much more complete team, and that is why they are my number two, uh, because they just seem insanely balanced. Uh, yes, I know I talked about momentum, but I also did talk if I think a team is just straight up better, it doesn't matter how hot the team they are playing. If I think a team is just better, then I just think a team is better. And that is why I have Carolina as number two. I do think they're the best team in the Eastern Conference, but my number one is not from the Eastern Conference, and they are my pick to win the championship, to win the Stanley Cup final. As it is for most people, the number one team in the NHL for Phoenix is the Colorado Avalanche uh, because, I mean, they are the Phoenix Suns right now of the NHL. Every game that I've watched, I've watched three to four uh, Colorado games. Every game that I watch, it doesn't matter what one of their players they're resting, what one of their players is injured. It doesn't matter if it's their best player, worst player. This team plays amazing. Just like with the Phoenix Suns, it didn't matter if Chris Paul was out, if Devin Booker was out, if one of them was out, if both of them were out. 
this team played at a high level. Uh, that's what I see in Colorado, and that's why they could either get horribly upset uh, because they don't have a true, true leader, or they could, without a doubt, go undefeated, honestly, throughout the playoffs. That's how complete and dominant this team looks every time I watch a game from them. Without a doubt, Colorado is the best team in the NHL this season, and without a doubt, my pick to win the Stanley Cup Finals as I predicted the last time I checked the NHL standings. But let me know what you guys think. Did you enjoy this segment? Did you not? Please let me know. That is all the time we have for today's episode. So I really hope you guys did enjoy, and I will see you guys on Friday when we hopefully get into some NBA playoff action, and I will see you guys on the flippity flip. Get out of here!